What's up, guys? This is 313 Hockey, and I'm your host, Jake Rivard. Joining me today are... Maddie. And Thomas Fournier. We got a lot of ground to cover today, but first, I want to turn it over to a little bit of nerd talk from our guy, Tom. Tom, you want to talk to us about episode one? Yeah, so a couple production kind of things just to get us started. We are working on getting everyone mics and getting that sound kind of figured out. And then we did jump into this, I think, super early and a lot faster than we kind of anticipated. But that's more just on ourselves for working with Restream and trying to figure out how that program works. So we should be all put together here in the next couple episodes. There might be a couple little changes you might hear from time to time. Translate that into English. We're built different and we're only going to get better in tomorrow's episode or whenever the next episode comes around is going to be the best one you've ever heard. And then after that, the next best one and so on and so forth. Right, Maddie? Jake, got I'm sorry, could you say that again? So we have to set the bar very low and then just blow it out of the water and over-deliver. Speaking about the bar being super low, today's topic is, is really interesting. We're going to be talking about a team that I'm sure a lot of us have a lot of feelings about. The Chicago Blackhawks. Now, <laughs> born to shit on the Blackhawks. This is when we discuss doing an episode where we can just dunk on the Blackhawks. I feel like, and we've already acknowledged that I'm a Jew, but if there, if I could experience Christmas, this is it. This is my Christmas, everyone. Just dunking on the Blackhawks. Let's go. I'm ready. Well, then it should be Christmas like every single month or week for you, <laughs> Maddie, because I feel like we're going to be dunking on the Blackhawks a lot, just in general. And, and to me, this is a team that isn't dunked on enough. Even if they have a couple jokes here and there and jabs from pundits or journalists or even people on Twitter, you're not seeing public outcry from fans or from the organization or other organizations for the heinous things that they've done and continue to do. I could start off by talking a little bit about their technical stuff. For all the hot, from pure hockey standpoint, this is a team that just looks like it's poorly mismanaged. They just traded their two-time 40-goal scorer, Alex Dabrinkit, for a first-round pick from spare parts. They traded their former third overall pick, Kirby Dock, and they bought out two players today, Brent Connolly and Henrik Borgstrom. I don't know if general manager Kyle Davidson knows this, but there is a salary cap floor, and they have to reach it. <laughs> I know that we said that we're not going to put the video up, but for all of those listening, I'm just grinning as Jake goes through that trade and just really smiling, happy to see the Blackhawks implode and even dropped. I did homework for this one. I was like, I need to be able to shit on the Blackhawks systematically. And I had to pull things out of the deep depths of their history to be able to do this in the right way. So I think the worst part about Chicago in general is their absolute like most toxic fan base. And I think you're going to see that with this rebuild where Chicago fans, if it's not like the Cubs, it's the White Sox. If it's not the Bears, it's the Blackhawks. They're, <laughs> they're such fair weather fans to me. And it, whoever is looking to move from going like north to Wrigleyville. Now they have to go down south to do the fucking White Sox and 
was it uh guaranteed rate field oh worst name <laughs> it really is because it's it's so easy to trip it up <laughs> and say something completely different and i'm sure i'm going to get that notice when i uh, <laughs> go to edit edit this and but like they really are such a terrible fan base and i'm really looking forward to watching their fans just completely fall apart at the entire thought of what their team is going to look like next year. The just Twitter rants of fans falling out of love with their entire team over the their scandals this past year. And all of this just, it's going to be fun to watch, I think, as a Wings fan. Now, like, don't get me wrong. I, I don't have a problem with any of the fans. I know Tom absolutely hates all of you down in Chicago and anywhere else associated with Chicago teams, but... I don't hate you guys. I feel bad for you. I I'm looking forward to all of the Twitter Chicago fan base just like completely demolishing me. Tom is actively preying on your downfall. I do want to say like I I I do want to be careful with them because they are absolutely rabid. <laughs> I just want to give my brother a shout out. He's actually a lifelong Chicago fan. And fun fact, I was actually born in Chicago. Anyway, my brother's a lifelong Chicago fan, and Hawks were was basically his favorite team. And then all of the sexual abuse stuff came out, and he stopped being a fucking Hawks fan. I respect him for that one. He likes all the other Chicago sports, so I dunk on him a lot. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, mutual, it's a mutual dunking fest, but we actually grew up in, like, 15 minutes away from where the Panthers play, so he just became a Panthers fan after all that came out. I'm like, okay, really good timing, dude. Yeah, good time, if any, like cool your team is stacked and yeah. honestly i i kind of hope that chicago fans notice i am like joking they're not that fair weather they are fair weather from time to time but he's like i don't think like, any more than any other city is that has more than two yeah. franchises in one sport tom's like i'm joking unless you guys think it's serious and you think it's funny then I yeah pretty much serious. yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah I, I don't i'm not really familiar with the rest of the fan base of chicago but like I don't know. At this point, I, I feel really bad for you guys. You've had to do... Actually, you know what? No, I don't feel don't, bad for you guys. You won that You had to see three cup wins. I don't feel yeah. bad for you at all. If you are still wearing a Hawks jersey, like, loud and proud, though, and you, you are fully aware of what's going on, I think you yeah. should kind of be ashamed of yourself. Let's start, let's start with Kyle Beach. I hope that everyone... I know, Jake just gasped. okay so starting with throats right off the bat assume that our fans don't know what happened with kyle beach even though i think the average hockey fan does make sure you fill them in i think jake actually i liked i liked your commentary around this go you go ahead and talk about kyle beach holy cow so i'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with penn state an advanced trigger warning for anybody that has survived sexual assault or any sort of abuse or anything like that We're going to be getting into some pretty heavy stuff at this point, and it could get ugly. So if you want to skip ahead probably five minutes or so, I guarantee you we'll still be going in. For those of you still listening, let's talk a little bit about these scumbags. The Chicago Blackhawks in 2010, on their cup-winning run, had a player sexually assaulted by their head video coach, Brad Aldridge. Not only did this happen to a young prospect, a kid full of hopes and dreams, a guy trying to really just make his own in the league, but it happened in such a way that not only was did the front organization cover it up, including the coach, the general manager, 
the owner who alleges he didn't hear anything. But players have come out publicly and said that Kyle Beach was ridiculed for his experience being sexually assaulted. Names like Patrick Sharp, Bob Campbell, and even Patrick Kane were mentioned as people who not only knew, but were actively like harassing this poor kid for what he went through. There is a thorough investigation that was conducted. General manager Stan Bowman was fired. Uh, head coach of the Florida Panthers and ex-coach of the Blackhawks, Joel Quinville, was fired. Several other members of the front office were fired. And yet, two of their biggest leaders, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, two heads of the locker room, continue to not only play on the roster, but allege that they have no knowledge of what happened. I'm sorry, but if you are a captain and you are a leader of a team and you claim to be this like figure that people can go forward with, you are either a dog shit captain because you are completely unaware that something horrible happened to one of your teammates, or you are complicit and you're trying to cover your ass. Captain Coward, get fucked. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I think I went sports <laughs> in there. No, no like, there's no excuse for anyone within the franchise or within the organization to let that go unaccounted for for so long. I'm glad the investigation, what you said, it's finally finishing up or? Yeah, they settled out of court and the Blackhawks were punished for this. This is this is where it's going to really just make your hair turn gray with anger. I don't know if your hair can turn gray with anger. I'm not a doctor. The Arizona Coyotes, when they held an illegal training exercise for their prospects, were punished to the point where they had to give up a first round pick in the draft, and possibly other picks from what I remember. The Chicago Blackhawks were fined $2 million. $2 million dollars that is a percent of a percent of their total net worth so what the entry level contract on two three players yep maybe and i I gotta give a special shout out to like rick westhead from tsn a lot of reporters of the athletic have done an amazing job following up on this story mark lazarus covers the blackhawks and he's done a great job questioning rocky words the owner of the hawks several other people the fact that these guys have still managed to avoid this accountability and are still in these positions of power makes me disgusted. And if I were a young NHL player, I would not want to go to an organization like this because it's clear they don't care about safety. They don't care about accountability. There's plenty more to say with just that example, I think. But besides them, you know, being doing heinous things and being okay with sexual abuse, racism. I just have like things that are hilarious to me, like moves that they made and now they are suffering consequences from. Yeah, yeah, let's get away from the heavy stuff and get some more lighthearted things. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like one, we have to start with the heavy stuff, just make sure that everyone's aware of what the heck is going on in the United Center because it's definitely not good. And it's funny, I was... When I was doing some research on this, I was listening to like local news reporters doing like their videos. And and one of them, the first thing they said right off the bat was, hey, we finally don't get to talk about a scandal. And it's like, wow, that's that's sad. <laughs> good. Good for you. Oh, my God. I, I feel so bad for you that you had to talk about your pathetic team's awful thing that they did. Like, yeah, oh, it's so sad that you have to hold somebody accountable. I'm sorry. I'm really passionate about this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Definitely I know. not like, you know, bitter. Definitely not projecting how angry I am at this kind of thing. But this stuff shouldn't slide. No, it really shouldn't. Jake, you mentioned for the people who are tuning out from our trigger warning, 
about five minutes in. So if you tuned out, time to tune back in so we can talk about Brent fucking Seabrook's contract. This is so funny to me. He signed an eight-year, $55 million contract in 2016. He has two years left on it with $6.75 million cap hit, and he's just not playing. So Blackhawks are just continuing to pay for Brent Seabrook, and he's on the long-term injury list, so they can't trade him. They're just going to pay him for the next two years, and it just kind of fucks them, and they shot themselves. Well, I guess Brent Seabrook shot them in the foot, but it's just so funny to me, and he was such a good guy for them for so long, so keep paying for Brent Seabrook. I'll keep smiling over here in Detroit, and <laughs> rolling, rolling on to the next blunder, trading fucking Panarin. Obviously, <laughs> Panarin comes up <laughs> Calder Trophy win, and then they're like, you know what? I feel like we should take Sod from the fucking Blue Jackets for this guy. We can and fix I, him this time. We can fix him. And the best part is that I'm probably going to poorly re-explain it, but if you, like, track all the trades and the guys who were in that trade and what it panned out to, essentially the Blackhawks got nothing. In the end, the Blackhawks got fucked. That's the bottom line here. And I'm here for it. So now I can like Panarin. I really wanted to like him when he was on the Hawks, but it felt dirty. So I'm happy. (laughs) Isn't that the truth, though? Like, as a Wings fan, whenever they have a player that, like, you actually do kind of like or a player that was in Detroit and goes to Chicago, you feel dirty still liking Mm -hmm. them. Or the other time Tomas Yerko went. And he was yeah. like, "Oh, I never got an opportunity to succeed in Detroit. You know, like I should have, I should have been on the first line." And he gets to Chicago and just blows it hilariously. <laughs> never forget Mary. Never Marion Hosa's <laughs> career flip flops between Detroit and Chicago and Pittsburgh. <laughs> Do you remember that meme of like Kevin Durant where it's like my next chapter and it's him in the uh, Warriors jersey? Yeah, and it's like the original meme should be Marion Hosa. <laughs> that guy just is i don't know he gets evil villain vibes maybe it is because of this progression of trades but something don't sit right with host i don't know maybe he's a good guy i have no basis to this besides you just hate him based on vibes vibes. (laughs) all i remember about the end of his career was he had to retire because of like some kind of fungus inside the gloves and it was doing something to his skin that's right he had like a skin allergic reaction to the equipment yeah my that's all i remember about my dad thought it was like a conspiracy theory where he's like oh wow the hawks are entering a cap crunch and hosa who has been playing terribly just so happens to retire (laughs) all of his cap goes off the books wow wouldn't that have been perfect though You know, speaking of Osa, he also had a similar situation like Brendan Seabrook at the end of his career. But Are we unraveling a Chicago Blackhawks conspiracy right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because Seabrook's hit is off the cap right now because LTIR salary. I think the, my, my most favorite deal that I've seen recently has been the Seth Jones one. They sent the Columbus Blue Jackets sent Seth Jones to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for an unprotected first round pick. Adam Boquist, and I think there was another prospect involved. Boquist has turned into, like, a bona fide top four defenseman for Columbus. He's super Mm -hmm. young. He's got a lot of potential. That first-round pick got them, like, an awesome player this year. And I think something else came out of it, too. But, like, the the trade is just so lopsided. 
especially because the Chicago Blackhawks offered him an eight-year, $9.5 million per year extension. And that eight-year timeline kicks in this year. Wasn't he kind of used parts to begin with? Like, he was always injured before he got He was got playing, like, 30 to 32 minutes a night for Columbus. And, I mean, admittedly, a couple years ago, that was pretty good. He was like... <laughs> oh, my God. And they traded all of that for him? Yeah. And he stuck there for eight years. Him, the corpse of Taze, and then however long... <laughs> Patrick Kane is going to be there. I was going to say, their lineup is absolutely dismal this year. The Blackhawks absolutely a weekend at Bernie's with Jonathan Taves, and they have little, <laughs> they have little robots in the skates. And he's he's actually, he died a few years ago, but they still have him out there on the ice. Their coach is going to get on the ice and point at Taves and be like, figure out what it is that you do. <laughs> <laughs> Your top line scoring winger to pair with Taves and Kane, Pinocchio, <laughs> Mickey Mouse. <laughs> like, oh the- my god! Like, it it really is like that bad for them, though. I saw. I think it was Wayne at Motown tweeted out like, "Yeah, the first 500 fans to enter United Center will get to play on the team's fourth line for this game." <laughs> Until that team shows that it's capable of taking a new direction and actually making amends for what they did, I don't think that you should be proud to wear that logo. It's also, besides the fact of all the shit that they did, it's literally a Native American head. The story behind it is like, sure, okay, cool, whatever. But still, like, change, just change the logo, change the name. It's not that hard. You could keep the Blackhawks name and just change the logo to like, I've seen a lot, a lot of like conceptual art where they have birds with like the same yeah. color feathers, like oh yeah, branding. It's just change the logo, you know? And even a shithole like Cleveland could do the right thing and the Blackhawks can't. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Honestly though, the entire state of Ohio being able to do anything oh that is, doesn't make them a piece of shit. I'm just and coming like, for everyone that's in the Midwest right now, I guess. Like, I don't, I don't want to sound like a, like a piss baby when I'm like whining and complaining about like, wow, like, you know, this team is bad and they're dumb. These are like millionaires and very mm-hmm. powerful yeah. people in charge of a sports organization. And if they can't get with the program and figure their shit out, like, I think they should absolutely be criticized for their actions. Oh yeah. Between the sexual assault allegations, the numerous player contract issues, racism within fan bases and trying to figure that whole issue out. <laughs> and I, I know like, ev- like- every fa- every franchise needs an owner that's going to like actually go out and say to the fan base, let's do this thing right. And that doesn't even begin to even touch the fact that Rocky Wirtz on an interview when asked about the sexual assault and asked about what he was going to do to change it said, no, no, we're moving past it. We're not talking about that anymore. In front of a reporter, he said that to a reporter. Yeah. What? What? I, I see no indication that these people are willing to change. And even though, like, it's hilarious to me that they're in this situation, I also have to acknowledge how much I fucking hate Chris Illich. And if we're gonna be going in on owners, we need to also put a little mirror up to us because Chris Illich, although we not that we know of at least, didn't cover up a sexual assault allegation and not allegation but a sexual assault case chris illich is nothing compared to his dad and 
if we're going to be critical, we can also talk about our own team ownership because I am so dissatisfied, mostly as a Tigers fan. Like, I'm a huge Tigers fan, so it's right now in the offseason for the Wings just really heating up for me. But, like, fuck Chris Illich. Chris Illich, if you're listening to this or if anybody at Illich Companies is listening to this, we would love to have you on the podcast. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Still, please. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to be, like, hardball you or, like, you know, be a dick to you, but I do want to ask you some serious questions. Email us at 313pod at gmail.com. You know where to reach us. Follow us on Twitter at 313hockey. So I know Chris Illich had a bit of a chokehold with the Tigers, but thankfully he's a little more laissez-faire with the Red Wings. We recently hit free agency in the last week, and the Wings decided to sign a handful of players. A few of them I didn't expect. I'd like to take this moment to acknowledge several of our former Red Wings that have now left us. Mark Stahl, Sam Gagne, Mitchell Stevens, Philip Larson, Carter Rowney, you will be missed. Danny DeKaiser. And that's all. Thank Other you. than them. Wait, we lost we lost DeKaiser for real? Yeah, no, he's gone, gone. UFA. When did that Thank happen? God. This was the last year of his contract, and I can't say I imagine he's coming back after the last season he had. Oh, no. It? I'm heartbroken. Wait, no. cue the music again. <laughs> Let's take a quick moment to acknowledge the many highlight that Danny DeKaiser had last year. The time he stopped Connor McDavid. That's all. The time that he got in the way of Morris Siders making his defense play. Mm, yes. Despite his best efforts, he managed to remain on the wings for the entire season. Actually, no, I'm wrong. He went down. He got uh, wavered at one point. Remember how good we looked when he was gone? I was like, cool. He's not in the way. So besides him, a couple old Red Wings now have new homes as well. Andreas Anthony went to Chicago. So advance apologies to whoever wins this giveaway. Very <laughs> sorry that it has to Matty. be tainted by Chicago. <laughs> Maddie, stop. <laughs> Maddie, right, stop. Right. Stop. We're going to get a copyright warning. This one. Okay, then I guess I have to do acapella. <laughs> <laughs> this one goes out to my girl, Adri. I'm really sorry that your future husband, Vladislav Nemesnikov, went back to Tampa Bay. Gone. Probably won't be back. Sorry. Former defensive legend, Xavier Ouellette, who we thought was the future like six years ago, is now in <laughs> Pittsburgh. Nick Letty, who whelmed us last year, really was one of the players to hit the ice. Stayed in St. Louis. Thomas Grice and Jordan Bennington are now joining hand in hand to become the most problematic goaltending duo in the NHL. <laughs> Islamophobe and Nazi together at last. That is beautiful in a fucked up way. Troy Stetcher is in Arizona. I don't know why. Brendan Smith, the legend, the goat, the low IQ hero. You're in New Jersey now. Good luck. And hey, I think any that's word on uh, like a really Riley Sheehan. <laughs> Riley Sheehan. Yes. What oh, yeah. is he up to? I think he's still I, in Seattle. Oh, he is. Yeah, I believe. How, so. how did he end up in Seattle? He was picked in the expansion draft, and oh. he actually has, like, some crazy stories about, like, addiction. Like, that whole Teletubby wow, incident. Really? Yeah, that whole Teletubby oh. incident was, like, when he was struggling with alcoholism. Wow. So, like, I feel kind of bad because oh, yeah. I used to make a lot of Teletubby jokes, like, drinky-winky, and now I 
yeah. can't really make those so, those jokes feel kind of aged. You're a piece of shit. I know. You are canceled. Yeah, Two episodes now. in. Signed a one year, eight hundred fifty thousand dollar contract last year. Oh yeah. You know, as yeah. as a Riley Sheehan fan, as the only reason why I have his rookie card. You know what? One day, one day it will be worth a penny. I just like, read something amazing. Apparently, uh, Sheehan got arrested in the Teletubby costume, and he was holding Brandon Smith's ID so he could use it to get into bars because <laughs> he was underage. It was in Grand Rapids, yeah. The, I remember those pictures leaking, and he's, like, giving the thumbs up to the camera. Yes. <laughs> I, I, like, addiction's yes. not funny, but, like, that... You're going to get arrested. Get arrested. Yeah, was it a DUI or was it like he just got arrested and intoxicated? This is, I think he was just a kid because he was underage yeah, in they, 2012. They classified him as super drunk. That's what I remember. That's all in the past now. Riley, we wish you the best. And we really hope that this has served as a good journey for you. I hope that you can look at Teletubby costumes and not feel like a type of way about them. But... Let's focus on the future. Got a couple things wrong when we were talking about the free agency. No hot dog boy. Well, no hot dog boy yet. As of the recording of this podcast, Phil Kessel has not found a new home. So you're saying there's a possibility. That's right. Evgeny Malkin signed the most boring deal in the NHL. Once everybody thought he was finally going, he signed a four-year, $6.1 million a year deal with the Penguins again. (sighs) Yeah. No surprise. I was hoping for it. I mean, yeah, I did see a mock-up of a Malkin jersey for Detroit, and I will say it did look really nice. Oh, yeah, what number would even wear? What, 17? But Heronic's wearing 17. I don't know. Fuck him. Get rid of yeah. Heronic. Oh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm very excited to touch on that topic with you. <laughs> we have, I think it's five new faces as of the recording of this podcast. Yeah. Andrew Kopp, Ali Mata, Ben Chirot, David Perron, Dominic Kubelik. Actually, I'm wrong. There were six. And Mark Pissick, who is, according to Cap Friendly, signed on an, a minor league deal. So I guess he's kind of a take it as he will. So who wants to start off talking a little bit about the officer, the new cop we hired? Oh, speaking of, I can talk about him. But before I do that, talk about myself because I'm a narcissist. <laughs> I tweeted, not all cops with two Ps are bastards, like right when we signed him. And then Someone's like, do a vibe check. So I went on his Twitter and I went through his likes and who he follows. And he's like kind of a right wing guy. So I'm sad, but love a good Michigan boy. Did you fix him? I think I could fix him. Yeah, I think I can fix him. <laughs> Andrew Cobb, uh, Maddie, no, but... Maddie is single. Hit her up if you want. I am. <laughs> she lives in Detroit. She's got a really cool place. White girls and their problematic boyfriends. Oh my God! Could you imagine? <laughs> Email us at three one three hockey. Email us three one three at gmail dot com. Andrew Cop is Go a ahead, good, Jake. solid two way guy, analytics darling. He'll play just about any role. You can put him up or down the lineup. He's a militia man. You put him where he needs to go, and he'll be there. He's got a pretty long tenure, pretty fat contract, but I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, and also he had the best. I think his best season last year. So. He's aging like fine wine, and he also mentioned that he wanted to come home just like Sandy Cheeks. Also, he's a good pickup. Remember what we were saying before about, you know, it's dirty to like someone when they were on the hogs? There's like the opposite of that. Yeah. We can, we can fix him. 
I used to be a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, I will say I I do think the contract's a little much, but with the shallow free agent market, yeah. you had you had to overpay on it. Not even overpaying. Like I don't feel like he's overpaid. If anything, it's like maybe one or two years too many for the contract length. But for the price, I feel especially because it was a shallow market. I think honestly overall but also with him the wings could not have done any better like if you're looking at that vincent trochik deal he's getting paid the exact same amount that vincent trochik is but two years shorter oh, vincent yeah trochik i saw that is yeah. with the rangers for seven years those last couple of years are going to age like milk on a hot summer day and with this contract for cop it could look like that in maybe those last couple of years but I think the possibility yeah. of that happening are a little bit lower than with that Trojack deal. And by then you've got Casper coming in. You've probably got another prospect right. or two, yeah. you know, and since he's got that militia sure. man quality, you can just drop him wherever. Yeah. Bergen's I give this one up at that point. A minus. What do you guys give? Yeah. I'd say yeah. A minus. A minus B plus. A minus around the board. Let's talk about Ollie Matta. Probably the most boring signing. No offense to Ollie. <laughs> I like him. He's Really good defensive D-man. He's kind of been a bit of a journeyman over the last couple of years. Won a cup with Pittsburgh. Now he's in Detroit, and he'll likely play on the left side in the top four, either with Philip Peronik or with Mo Sider. No, but please not with Peronik, please. I hope by the time this comes out, we've dished him out somewhere. You know what? I, I, I want to let's let's address this now. Let's address the beef with Peronik. Tell what? me, tell me what, what you think about him. He's useless. What do you mean? There's no. It's not a beef. I just don't want him on the team anymore. I don't like want him to die or anything. Oh, I just would prefer he didn't play on the team. Okay. That's the beef. <laughs> Especially because we we got so many we one we got so many D men in this free agency at least in my mind I just feel like he doesn't need to even be around anymore. What what is like? So you you don't think he really brings anything to the table? No, he doesn't bring shit to the table except for a lot of fucking consonants. He's like a decent half a point per game defenseman, but I mean at this point with all of these guys coming in, I feel like he's slowly on the outside looking at. If you are one of the other 31 NHL teams listening to this podcast, he's the best defenseman ever, and you should probably overpay for him. <laughs> it's going to be such a steal. Yeah, see, that's the yeah, thing. He's is like, so I good. Kyle Dubas, I think you. this is the guy you need, <laughs> and you should trade William, William Nylander for him. Like, yeah. what, what a oh great pick. I, like, I'm not mad if we keep him throughout the season, but he's a player that – definitely is on that trade block and on in the trade talks it's just crowded it really is he just doesn't do anything for me ali Mata, how do you grade him i'm gonna say b plus b plus yeah 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 maybe an improvement deal maybe an a minus because it's cheap in the short term that's what i do like about it is it's a cheap short-term prove it deal you kind of hope that he may have a resurgence or what he had in pittsburgh but probably not now let's talk about the most divisive signing of the day. Big Ben Sherratt, four years, $4.75 million a year. What the hell is this, guys? <laughs> like, you're, you're like way more mad than I am. I'm, I'm not yeah. mad at this at all. I, yeah, I'm, this was a pretty good pickup, I thought. I'm not like yeah. furious. I just think it's kind of like a big overpay and the term is pretty long. Yeah, we'll get the defense free agent market. There's sure. just nothing there. But I mean, if you got like a Brett Kulak or somebody else, like this guy, I don't know. He 
He's but he's he's he's, he's, he's sucked in Montreal. He was okay in Florida. I, I think the thing is, I, I guess there's no beef. It's more he's been punching above his weight over the last couple of years. So he's I mean, he's his analytics kind of blow. I'm not I'm, a huge fan of the term. Yeah, I'll I'm, give you that. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic about him. That's how I'll put it. Okay, I'll I'll take that. He hits hard. He he's got that dog in him. I'll say it. I think he's going to be good with like last year we were getting pushed around all the time. A lot of the young guys were getting bullied and Larkin had to get himself suspended in the first game to defend yeah. him. So he's going to be good at standing up to those bullies. And that's one point that they do make in uh elite prospects scouting report on him is he will take some dumb penalties from the time to time. But I mean, if that's the role that we kind of give him, it's just a lot of money to be paying for a penalty type of role. I'm going to give this grade a C. I don't know how you guys feel. You guys can disagree. I'll say C plus just because, like, I don't hate it. Did you yeah. say C minus or B minus, Maddie? B, B minus. Okay. I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I'll put it that way. I hope I'm okay. wrong. And, and for optimism's sake, the cap is going up over the next couple of years. So this deal will look less weird as yeah. time goes on. Speaking of bullies, David Perron, two years. I think it's two point, no, 4.75 million. Last year, he scored 27 goals, 11 of them on the power play, which is something that the team really, really needed. And he is aging like the finest of wines. I'm happy about it. I hope that he does well. It's going to be a matter of watching these, what, two years? Watching these next two years, if he's still kind of aging like that fine wine you said, then you maybe (laughs) sign him to another two-year deal, maybe one year, depending on... He's 34. 34, 34. so... So he's an old boy. Yeah, I mean... He's not the worst. Yeah, and we've seen plenty of players that if they're able to take care of their bodies well enough, they're able to play into their age 38, age 39, 40 seasons. And dude had a career year last season. Yeah, highlights of that career. Yeah, he had 27 goals. And highlights of that career, including almost murdering Nazem Kadri in the playoffs. Problematic king. Really, like, kind of a dirty guy. He tried to pick on Cider at one point last season. Now they're teammates. But I give this one an A minus. Yeah. A solid A. Yeah, I'll take I'll take an A on that. Dom Kubalik, not to be confused with his brother, submissive Kubalik. Two seasons removed Dude, that was from a, a thirty goal season. <laughs> he could help. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just laughing at your joke. <laughs> he has an, they have an illegitimate brother named Switch Kubalik. Tom is just dead silent. He's like, "What is it? What's a what's a switch?" He doesn't get it. No, no, I, no I, I get it. I'm Tom. trying to give you guys enough time so that I can chop out your laughter and actually give this joke to the people. Tom, Tom, no, Tom, Tom, Tom will be missionary. Quit, no, quit laughing at I your own jokes laughter. because, like, that is no. solid, and I would love to have it. Tom Kubelik, two years, two point seven five million, two seasons removed from a thirty goal season. He's good on the power play, and he's been killing the wings over the last couple of years. So I think it's your traditional low-risk, high-reward deal. Yeah, prove it deal. See what he does. If you sign him after a couple of years, that means that he did well enough. If you don't qualify him or you just let him go. Where do you see him playing, like, lineup-wise? Probably third line, I would think. Maybe, maybe a couple like special teams minutes, but I wouldn't think too much, if anything. 
what do you think, Maddie? The Dom, famous, not submissive Kubelik. I sound like a nerd, but I agree with everything you guys just said about him. Only two years. Let's see. Another check boy. We don't have enough, I guess. I'm going to say, since it's so low risk and it could pay off, this could be like a Robbie Fabry 2 deal. I like that. A. B. I'll give it a B. I'll give it a A minus. Wow, we're really hitting all ends of the bell curve. And then our last of the list, Mark Pissick. Do we really funny last name to say. Sounds yeah, like P. Yeah. Relax, R. Kelly. Piss this one away. <laughs> hey, is this is this the P tape that they were talking about? Oh my no. god. Well, one thing I liked is that he's really well liked and respected by the Sabres community. I saw everybody was sad to see him go. I like to have you know just a good dude on a team, just a guy being a good dude, you know. But also yeah. face deal and what's Again, let's see what comes from that. And now we yeah. can get rid of Hronik. Now, as far as a trade, <laughs> I trading think Hronik's better than Bissick. <laughs> as far as trading Hronik goes, what kind of return do you foresee the Wings getting? Say they hypothetically do trade him. I did not think that far down the road. I you just, just wanted him gone? Don't, I just wanted him gone. <laughs> uh, whatever you fucking give us, I don't know. A fourth round pick or something. Uh, I think that's low. Well... Fourth. I said what I said. Fourth? I would think at least like three. Can I read you the letter Maddie left me earlier? Yeah. If Philip Peronic if Philip Peronic has five million haters, I'm one of them. If Philip Peronic has five haters, I'm one of them. If Philip Peronic has one hater, I'm her. If Philip Peronic has no fans, no haters, I'm not alive. If the world is with Philip Peronic, I'm against the world. You're like, I don't hate Phil Peronic, that I don't hate him. Like, I don't hate in, him in, either. In that letter, I just... it certainly sounds like it. I, the, the words <laughs> you, speak for you themselves. You took your Maddie. time to write all this down. I didn't write any of that, but I did enjoy hearing Jake say it. <laughs> Thank you. As my dad once said, once he listened to the podcast, Jake is really funny. I I am oh. gonna get a plaque of that. What do you say? That about is me? good. Nothing. It's nothing about me either. Maddie's Damn. dad is a rapper, uh, so like to hear yeah, that high, that high praise, oh really, is amazing. Yeah, he loves he loves Jake for some reason. I guess he's just really fucking funny. I will say, for some <laughs> reason, parents like Jake. I don't know why. Why does anyone like Jake? You ever why watch? Why do like, we like Jake? You ever watch That's like American Psycho? <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> he just like he just he's like just, you're just Christian Bale, <laughs> <laughs> except not nearly as good looking. Mark Pizik. I give. That's, it's fine. It's like a B. I don't know. I don't really know what to say about him. Nice yeah, guy. I'll give him a B. He's a guy. Like who cares? <laughs> um. Overall, what, do you, what did you guys think of the all of these signings? Dude, I was so entertained. I was trying to work, but like, I was deal after deal. I was so happy that Eiserman was making some moves, and I feel really optimistic about the next season. I was actually trying to do work during the work day. Wow, that makes one of us. Wow. <laughs> well, hey. it, it's the, it's more the nature of my job. I can't like not be paying attention to what's going he's, on. He's a sigma male. He's on the grind set. <laughs> no, that doesn't mean no. No, that's not why girls aren't talking to him. He's no. just a sigma male. It's different. No, that's why he didn't know what Dom and Sub was. <laughs> Overall, hey. I like Overall, it. I'm I think happy. the team is looking looking really good. And given the the arms race in the Atlantic Division, 
this is like an actually exciting team to watch. This is a team that I would happily turn on the TV to watch as opposed to last season where I was often frustrated during the doldrums of the Blagel era. I'm happy with this team. I think it looks a lot better on paper. When we get into the season, we'll see how things go. But just be patient. That's all I can say is quite know with these guys. A couple of them are a little bit older. Some of them, two two or three of them. Yeah, three of them are improvement kind of deals. So just just be patient. It should be a decent season when we get to trade deadline. I think that's when you'll see where Steve Eiserman's mindset is at with the team. But I'm looking forward to it. I, I think these guys are all really good pick, pickups. I think this has a very big implication, though. No, it definitely does. If, because at the end of last season... We were all left thinking, okay, what's this roster going to look like when Bergeron and Edvinson make the roster? Next season, assuming that they both make it and they're both good enough, you've got 14 forwards and eight defensemen on the roster. That's not great. There's, there's got to be a change sooner or later. There's a severe logjam in the top six. I mean, the top nine, if you really think about it. And the top four defensemen are, it's just a shit show up there. Who do you think goes? And don't say Philip Veronik. <laughs> I was about to. But for real, I do think he's going to go. I think he's he, he's a, he, definitely an attractive candidate for other teams. And I think he's the most attractive candidate that may be sitting just outside that door. So ultimately, I think we're all in agreement here that this is a bubble team. This is a team that you can watch and have fun enjoying throughout the season. I don't really foresee them making the playoffs but I see them getting close to the point where you start selling off assets and, you know, getting a decent return, gearing up for one last draft before they really start taking swings and making contention. I do think it's also a bubble team where in the first half of the season, we'll see how we're kind of doing. Maybe sit back, just watch game, drink, drink a lot. (laughs) It may, it may get rough from time to time. When we get closer to trade deadline, we'll see what kind of, team we have and like i said earlier we'll see what direction steve wants to see us go for where we're at in the draft well that's all we have for today i know we mentioned in the last episode that we're going to get unsung octopi on pretty soon i'm hoping to get in touch with them over the next couple weeks guys if you're listening to this you know feel free to hit me up let's let's talk we've got a lot to look forward to this week we have a very special surprise for you later this week stay tuned and you will hear more in time All right, that's all we have for you today. From our side of the rink to yours, I wish you all the best. This is Jake Rivard signing off from the most kink-friendly podcast in sports. Take care and have a wonderful day. The Anthony CU puck winner will be announced on 724, so that is July 24th. Follow 313 Hockey on Twitter or email us at 313hockeypod at gmail.com to be considered. All you have to do is confirm that you've subscribed to the podcast or retweet the post that we have at the top of our page. And you could win Andreas Anthony's autograph puck. A With that being one specifically. Oh yeah. <laughs>